Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm happy to be here today with Sarah Falcon, Vice President of Marketing at Object Edge. How are you doing today, Sarah? Good, Andrew. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you spending some time with us on Business Ninjas today. Please tell us a little bit about yourself and about Object Edge. Yeah, so Object Edge is a digital consultancy firm. We've been around since the 90s, you know, 1994. Um, so we're looking forward to a 30-year celebration next year. Congratulations. Um, yeah. So, you know, we started as a tech firm, uh, you know, really doing early complex digital projects. Um, we're based in um, we're based in the Bay Area. We're in, we're in Walnut Creek, so we're sort of in the middle of, of where it was all happening as these softwares and tools were, were getting developed. Um, you know, a lot has changed in 30 years, and the business has changed too. And we've pivoted from a bunch of different platforms and solutions. And and what we do right now is really, especially for B two B companies and also B two C companies, with just like complex digital problems we help them like our our space is the the like ugly hairy digital problem so whether it's like getting uh e-commerce up and running when you have diverse inventories and back-end systems that mid-office like the tools that your sales teams are using that are clunky because they're they're like working with too many other tools cleaning up data designing digital experiences like we like the the big complicated digital projects that's where, that's where we live it, you, you talk about the digital landscape changing in 30 years we're at a time where it changes in 30 days so obviously a company like yours has to be incredibly agile and flexible um, what verticals do you service yeah so primarily uh, enterprise b2b manufacturers and distributors we work in automotive telco healthcare finance as well we've also done uh, a fair amount with b2c and, and retailers as well excellent so we're kind of broad yeah excellent let's back up step and talk about you tell me about sarah falcon how did you end up to be vice president of marketing at object edge yeah so it's been a funny evolution. My first job was at a tech startup based in Germany. Um, I was living in Germany at the time. They needed someone who spoke English to head their English language marketing, like very early days. So um, it was just a really different time in marketing. We were like, you had to hard code emails. You had to test them. Like getting an email out the door was just a nightmare. You had to test it against like different browsers to get a photo on a website. It was just like, it was all extremely complicated. Um, but we did fun stuff. It was a startup environment. So we did like social media. It was MySpace and Friendster. We did, you know, fun campaigns, uh, like blog, uh, blog contests. So it was a fun, like, um, sort of broad experience in the, in the world of, of tech and, and online communications and marketing. Um, then I, I moved back to the U.S. I worked brand side for nonprofits, just a diverse, you know, a diverse uh, range of experiences. And then in about seven years ago, I switched over into this, sort of fell into this world of, of B2B and uh, e-commerce consultancies. Um, 
which like on a personal note, it was because I was looking for remote work. Like I, I was, I was like in the early stages of building a family when I was pregnant with my second kid, I was like, let's, let's figure this out. And so I started, um, you know, seven years ago, really focusing on, on finding work that I could, that would be fulfilling and challenging and interesting and also remote. Um, and that's what it's been. And it's, you know, B2B is a huge, complicated beast. Um, so there's, there's a lot to do there. And, and I, and I got to work with really great people and learn from them. And so I've been in that space, you know, since then. Excellent. I believe you get an award for being the first person to mention MySpace on a Business Ninjas podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it speaks to my youth, I guess. There was a point where I had to remember to go there and uh, delete it and clean it up. I think it's a digital wasteland, right? Um, yeah. What makes Object Edge stand out from its competition? What what puts you ahead of your, your competition? Yeah, so, you know, the... We're we're in a funny space where we are playing object edges, you know, a mid-sized privately held company. We're often up against places like Accenture and Deloitte, you know, like huge heavy hitters, or just um, you know, largely outsourced firms, so that they're really they're really playing on like a price uh, advantage. And we really pride ourselves in in being personable and consultative, like we get in there and we understand like what the technology problem is, but also what the what the business problem is and how this is actually going to get solved. So, you know, often with with more programmatic approaches, you get kind of slotted in to like a, a formula because it's it's very scalable, but we pride ourselves on being sort of nimble and agile and responsive and consultative and really work. With the, with the people whose jobs and whose team's jobs and whose businesses are on the line. Right. Ah, to it's, very, changes. it's very important, right? It's, it's all still humans at the end of the day. And while they may look good on a spreadsheet, they're still people and they need to be attended to as humans. And uh, being a smaller company sometimes means that you can actually make people feel like they're heard as opposed to working with a gigantic company that has a, a cookie cutter approach to the business. Who are your customers? What sort of what size businesses are you working with? What what industries and and size companies? Yeah. Are you with? So it's it's primarily enterprise businesses. You know, often they're global. You know, multi you know high multi million billion dollar companies um, that are that either are you know evolving it like have a program for digital transformation already at play and looking to sort of mature and expand it or make sort of their big first step into, you know, digital commerce, digital experience, you know, digital transformation. And, and what are the most common problems and challenges that you're solving for your clients? Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of them you've probably experienced yourself, which is like, how do we make our site as easy for people to do business with as possible. Like we work with B2B. So our end users are people who are just trying to get their job done, right? They want to be able to search and find the thing that they're looking for. They want to be able to like, you know, put an order through quickly and easy, right? They're just trying to get through their work day and like make, not make errors that are going to get them in trouble, you know, just get things done, not be sitting and waiting for like a spinning wheel to, 
to do its thing. So part of it is just the technology so those things are frictionless and smooth as possible. And that for the end customers, your associates who are also working on your systems, just to make their jobs easier. So that's sort of the broad thing. And then there's like technical components of what that means. That might be like living in your commerce. It might be the design of your site, you know, that things aren't intuitively placed, that your search is hard to navigate. It might be your data, you know, like your data might just be a mess and, and product information isn't, you know, correctly structured or aligned or your analytics aren't showing you the actual picture of what's going on in your business. Excellent. So, Hey, making things frictionless for anyone is a huge, huge asset, right? Um, yeah. Switch gears for a second. Uh, obviously, COVID has posed uh, obstacles, challenges, and opportunities. Tell me about Object Edge and how it was able to uh, to wade through the tide, as it were, and uh, grow in the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, it. it you're, we were lucky to be a digital consultancy at a point where a lot of businesses were having to digitize things that were not, you know, not available online. So if you're a B2B company and your sales force is now grounded and, you know, up until last year, we had a lot of customers who wouldn't take outside meetings, right? They just didn't want the risk of exposure. So there was a lot of um, selling and you know, self-service tools that had to get spun up relatively quickly. We also launched like a B2B focused curbside pickup solution. Like you saw, like, you know, Target did this really quickly and really well. Um, and a few other, you know, Panera did this too, right? But it really focused on B2B, like the B2B buyers and the distributors and, and leveraging those distribution centers and warehouses to provide like low contact pickup solutions. So there were a lot of opportunities that we could we could take advantage of the and the and, and the business saw growth, frankly. Um, and it was a cultural shift because you know we were a company that was primarily um, headquartered in, in California, uh, India and Brazil. And and they, you know, there were big development teams that were used to like sitting and having, you know, working through problems together and having lunch together and like going out, you know, for a drink at the end of the day, and it's a big cultural shift to to make that to make that change. Well, but obviously, you have been working remotely for how long now? Yeah, seven years. So I, I was I was ready. <laughs> I was ready <laughs> for it. Well, um, and, it, and it sounds like Object Edge was ready for it, right? You had the yeah the, the agility and flexibility in place to do what needed to be done quickly, which is important. Um, yeah, and the thing I'm really proud of the organization for doing is, is not being um, reactive into this change. You know, there was a lot of like uh, companies that started requiring like keystroke monitoring and just like really trying to like lock down and make sure that people were, that I don't know, it felt like that companies had a fear of being taken advantage of if people were going remotely. Um, but we found that just by continuing to have high standards and keeping the lines of communication and understanding like people were getting sick or family, you know, like there's just so much chaos that focusing instead on trust and growth of the business rather than like sort of locking down and control was, was really, uh, I think a, a, a wise strategic long-term uh, view. 
I don't know that that many people thrive in a sort of punitive um, environment, right? Either you're you're in the job you're supposed to be in, and and the people you work for trust and respect you, or they don't. And and uh, yeah. being tabs on every little specific of what they're doing remotely may not necessarily be the best way to encourage them to be productive. You know, productivity is is certainly definable on the other end of the equation. So if that drops off, you know what's going on. But, you know, keystroke monitoring seems like a little much. I, I know that I, hey, there's, everything is recorded now in this this day and age. So there, there's evidence, right? Exactly. To do, right? So, um, tell me a little bit about what role content and content marketing have played in the growth of Object Edge. Yeah, I mean, content's been been huge. It's been, you know, still um, organic search and inbound is the strongest ROI, biggest percent of, of pipeline from marketing activities. Um, you know, having serving people the content that they're looking for that's valuable at the right time. Like, there's just no better way from a marketing side you can advertise to as many people as you think will be in market but the people who sort of raise their hand and are doing the work already we've just shown that they just have much higher rates of conversion and much faster velocity through the pipeline so it's been um you know it's been a it's a it's a multi-year project um the site when i started was they just launched a site so there was sort of a like a you know like a it's like a PowerPoint presentation on a website. <laughs> you know, there was some like, there's some bare bones there, um, but there was just a lot to do in terms of, you know, technical SEO and then and then and then pure content development and writing. I, it, it, it's more important than ever for your website to be a living and breathing entity. You know, and the, and the fact that you're a smaller company that that hones in on that human connection that it's important for people to know that when they land on your website because single touches just don't get the job done these days you got to engage and educate people on your site and you're speaking my language when you when you talk about content like that thank you very much <laughs> yeah I mean, you you know about this and I, and I mean we are our icp is director level and above so the other thing that is important to me is right you can do all the seo that you want but if you get to the site and the vp looks at it and says like these guys don't know what they're talking about like you lose all you lose all credibility like that traffic is it means nothing so so it's really important to get that mix of you know writing for the seo and then writing to be quickly compelling and interesting and show your credibility well, if you try to separate writing for SEO and writing for, you know, fertile content, it, that can get a little murky because, you know, driving raw traffic to your website, those numbers might look good on a dashboard. But if they're not people who are engaged the minute they get there, then you're, you're throwing darts in the wind kind of thing. So yeah. I'm always of the opinion that if you're if you're writing the sort of material that actually does engage and educate the people who are looking for a service like yours, the SEO kind of takes care of itself. I know that's a little cavalier, but mm -hmm. uh, it's important not to separate them so broadly because uh, obviously anybody who shows up at your website should be a person who wants to be there and needs your service. Right? Yeah. All right, switch gears entirely. Mm -hmm. What's something you'd like to be celebrating personally and professionally a year from now? Yeah, I think 2023 is going to be really weird. You know, like I would like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think if we get to the end of this year and we're like, we hit our targets, like 
we did what we set out to achieve, I think that will be a huge win because I think it's going to be really hard to get there. That that is my that is my you know I am generally optimistic and I'm very ambitious, but I think that that is a realistic. Uh, are, you, are you saying 2023 is going to be weirder than 2021 and 2022? <laughs> yeah, I know. The, the, the I bar know. is high. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and how about personally? What what would you like to be celebrating personally a year from now? That's a good question. Um, that's a good question. You know, I am like, I'm a parent of three kids, three little kids. Um, my husband and I both are lucky to work remotely. And one of the, one of the things I'm thinking about this year is doing a digital nomad summer of figuring out somewhere else to be um and figuring out how to to pull that off um i work right i live on the east coast my company's based in california i would love to be in sicily um but we might have to look for something that's a little bit more time zone appropriate so that's my that's my personal goal i guess strong wi-fi is the biggest prerequisite of any airbnb you're looking for right yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. hey, it's a unique advantage. Most people can't really build any work into vacations, but frankly, when we have a blurred background on a, on a laptop, you can be anywhere and nobody needs to know. So, yeah. So. Yeah. Sarah Falcon, Vice President of Marketing of Object Edge, thank you for spending some time today. It was lovely to get to know about you and your company. Please tell everyone what your URL is, where they can find Object Edge, and what uh, social media channels you're using these days. Yeah, so we're objectedge.com um, and we're on LinkedIn primarily. So you can you can find us there. Um, we share, you know, new things we're publishing, news events. We have an upcoming tequila versus mezcal taste off, uh, which everyone <laughs> um, is looking forward to. <laughs> so, do you ever invite outside vendors to events like that? Yeah, we, you know, <laughs> I, I know again. We'll take it into consideration. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so LinkedIn is where you'll you'll find most of our, our social activity. Excellent. Well, hey, I appreciate you spending some time with us today. It's nice to get to know you. I wish you and yours and Object Edge all the best in the strange year to come. Um, I hope your prediction of it being a weirder year than the last two is uh, incorrect, but uh, you know what? Nothing surprising. <laughs> we'll talk in November. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it's well, going. Thanks for being with me. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.